Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy. My guest today is Tess Wicks, and she is the founder of Wander Wealthy. She is a wealth and mindset coach. I'm so excited to dive into this. I really have been enjoying browsing your website and checking you out on social. I'm a big fan of your philosophy. So welcome, Tess. It's awesome to have you. Thank you. That's so nice to hear. And I'm so happy to be able to come on your show and just have a fun discussion. So thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So what brought you into the world of money management, mindset, wealth, and all of that good stuff? Mm, It's such a winding road, but like fairly natural, I suppose. I went to school to study finance, but specifically actuarial science, which for those who don't know, it's basically the study of risk and taking risky situations and figuring out what the financial costs of those are. So you'll see a lot of actuaries working in the world of insurance, um, but there's more and more of them kind of working in other areas of risk management as well. And that's what I decided to do for no other reason than I didn't know what it was. And I was like, oh, that's a mystery to me. I'll figure that out. And I knew that it was a safe career path to go down. So don't we all kind of get that push in that direction, at least from the parents who are like, just take care of yourself. Goodbye. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got this. (laughs) Yeah. So I was really lucky and fortunate to be able to have this kind of financial background. Granted, it was education around business and corporate finance and not so much about personal finance. And I think that the world especially the United States, really lacks that personal financial education for every single person that goes through our school system. Some people are lucky to get exposure to it, but it's not a criteria by any means. And so when I went into my professional career, that was something that I had to figure out too. And again, I was very fortunate because I had the understanding of how finance works just from in a corporate area, but I could apply what I had learned. And I also was surrounded by a ton of nerdy friends. We were all nerds, just nerding it up together, talking about personal financial topics and being like, how can we take what we learned and apply it to our personal lives? And then the entrepreneurial bug hit. I really was more attracted to the lifestyle than, you know, having some mission that I wanted to solve because I honestly didn't know what I could do with my own skills and abilities. But I figured out a way to kind of create space and opportunity for myself to leave my corporate job and get into the world of the unknown. And eventually through just kind of trial and error and seeing if I could do anything other than consolidate and reconcile data, I found that I was capable of writing and podcasting and creating content. And then I was starting to think, well, I'd like to create content that makes an impact. And so I looked into my skills and what I really found interesting. And it was figuring out and solving that personal finance question and helping my peers. Because I knew if me, someone who went to school for this stuff, had questions, my friends who were in pharmacy school or journalism school, they had to have questions too. And especially 
you know, just being a woman in the financial industry, I also felt that dynamic of the guys seem to have the confidence that they've figured it all out. And I feel stupid asking all these questions. And so I felt this kind of intimidation factor that I didn't want to, you know, I didn't think it needed to exist. And so I wanted to create a place to have that conversation and content creation turned into coaching, focusing on finance turned into, oh my gosh, there's something deeper than this, which is really mindset work in addition Mm -hmm. to the practical aspects of it. And working with personal finance, people on their personal finances, as someone who was starting to become self-employed, kind of evolved into, oh, self-employed people have an even bigger problem in a lot of ways because there's not the structure put in place that the corporate world provides. So that's how I somehow finagled my way into this business that I now run. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love how you pieced it together. And it feels and sounds like a very customized program specific for your niche, which is awesome. It's such a need. In fact, I just went to a recent event called Creating a New Money Mantra. And it was really specifically in this same kind of arena of helping women understand their money and their blocks and the childhood roots that kind of contribute to their existing situation, the room was packed. So there is such a need for it. I love that specialty. I'm so curious, one, um, was the pivoting moment for you because originally you started helping traditionally employ women in this arena. So when did you decide to pivot to self-employed coaches? (laughs) Oh, that was a process in and of itself. And that was a mindset block actually for me. I originally wanted to pivot earlier on and I had all of these thoughts of who am I to be able to do this? I'm not qualified. I don't have the experience here. And so I had pivoted and then I pivoted back very quickly. Mm -hmm. And So within the last year actually was when I was like, you know what, I'm cutting that limb off, which I haven't officially cut it off. I still work with individuals in the traditionally employed sector because I've had clients that just keep re-upping and I'm I'm happy to work with them. But from a marketing and public facing standpoint, I was like, I got to do something. And I know that people are going to be upset. People are going to, you know, go away because I'm not talking about traditionally employed individuals anymore, but I also knew that there was opportunity there. And it really happened when, I think it was last winter, maybe last fall, that I was just getting so many calls from my peers. And we were talking about retirement planning, and we were talking about pricing, we were talking about taxes. And there's so many just like additional little nuances that it was like, there's a different answer for you than what I typically provide my my traditionally employed coaching clients because you're in a different scenario and different living a different experience and your entire structure is entirely different. And so I would say I probably tried to pivot two to three years ago and it officially happened nine to 10 months ago um, because finally I was like, there is a need here. I see the connection. I know and I have the confidence that I can provide that that change and that the coaching for them that applies to a self-employed person's life. And I have the I love solution. That. I love that. And I love that you were transparent that you dipped your toe in and then you took it right back out because a lot of people can relate to that, you know, and I would be so interested in what did you do for your own mindset when the little imposter syndrome gremlins came up? Mm-hmm. I hired a coach. 
Nice. That's one thing I did. <laughs> you know, sometimes, and it's so interesting because I'm a coach myself and it's like, you don't need a coach to make these changes and you have everything. You have the power to give yourself permission. At the end of the day, that's what you're doing, even if you are hiring a coach. But it was really not necessarily that I needed the coach to tell me it was okay to do this, but to hold the space for me to, you know, help me navigate every additional little tiny thought gremlin that came up that was like, well, what happens if this happens or what happens if this happens? And the coach is literally like, who cares? You got to go follow, you know, your own joy and what you really want to do and where you really enjoy working and the people you enjoy working with. You just got to go down that, that path. And so I hired a coach. I did a ton of, you know, I have like little morning rituals and routines. And so around that time, it was a lot of putting myself in the future and the business I wanted to be running versus the one I was running and going, what would she, what would future Tess be doing now? to make sure that that business was becoming a reality. So I did a lot of that work as well, just kind of like future pacing work. That is incredible. That is so powerful too, when you can step into the power of who you want to be in the future today. Today's episode is brought to you by Thrive Business Thrive, a step-by-step business building online course. Thrive Business Thrive takes you from a concept to paying clients in just 16 weeks. If you're tired of doing it alone and trying to piece together your business by watching one YouTube tutorial after another and following multiple experts, it's time to plug into a tried and true plan. Thrive Business Thrive focuses on results, increasing your impact, and moreover, establishing the foundation needed for a thriving business. To learn more about Thrive Business Thrive, your blueprint to create a flourishing business, visit caseyrossi.com slash thrive. That's caseyrossi.com slash thrive. Do you find that even now that you'll go back to some of those tools and techniques to, to overcome some of the current stumbling blocks? Absolutely. Your problems don't go away. I mean, your old problems go away, but then you get new problems. Like problems are, (laughs) problems are there and we just have to go, okay, I expect there to be problems. And now I'm going to lean into that new level of whoever I am becoming or whatever business I'm building and know that I can use the same tools or tweak those tools to create different results for myself. And obviously you change. Every course you take, every coach you hire, everything you do in your business changes you as a person. So sometimes you don't, you don't want to discount the tools that you've even had or used in the past or books you've read in the past. If you can revisit those, you're revisiting them as a new person, as a new version of yourself. And so you'll pick new things or even some of the same exercises will have a vastly different result for you. Yeah, that's great. I'm so glad that you brought that up. That's really, that is, has a lot of impact and it's in its own right that we're constantly changing and shifting. And even if you go back, like you said, and revisit something, it's with fresh eyes, new cells, new organs sometimes, you know, as we start regenerating everything. You talked about permission, Tess, and I love that because what I noticed big time when I was scrolling through your Instagram is this consistent theme of creating a safe space and allowing people to like drop into that. And immediately I felt this permission just from your vibe, like permission to take risk. It's safe to be quiet. It's safe to dream big. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. I think 
we're all programmed just in kind of the society and the world and the even like the era that we're growing up in. It starts with school, even preschool, even your parents where you knew like, I have to ask permission for in order to do certain things. And then as we get into adulthood and we want to do things, we want, we have big dreams and we have big things that we want to go after. We still think, and whether it's, we're still following the same old rules that we had, you know, cast upon us when we were in school, or we've created these new rules for ourselves that now we feel like we have to follow, it's so hard for us to allow ourselves to make change or allow ourselves to think differently or to believe in different things. And so the whole permission and safety kind of vibe is going, it's totally safe for you to throw all of what you thought was safe out the window and do something entirely different. And I find that, you know, a lot of us are just making decisions within these boxes of expectations or rules that we've created for ourselves or that have been placed upon us. And like, what would we be able to do if we just didn't decide that those were the rules we were going to live by? And so that's kind of the the environment that as a coach, it's really my responsibility to hold that space for my clients and allow them to decide what do you want to do? How are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? And for me to just say, it's safe. You can do it. Go do it. And sometimes just that permission alone, it is, it's like the pinnacle piece. It makes all the difference in the world when someone just knows one, that the coach has their back. They're holding that sacred space for success and that they do have permission. It's it's amazing what unfolds. I would love it if you could share a story of maybe somebody that came to you for help and like what were they like when they first came to you? What was the the kind of like the shortened version of their trajectory? Like what was the shift for them? Oh my goodness. Oh, that's a great question. I think I'm trying to think of which client to share their coming of age story, but I would say I work with a lot of women who just feel so intimidated. And because my work is primarily in money, money is such a heavy topic. And it's something that we have so deeply ingrained all of these rules around. And so the women that I work with, sometimes it's like, I just never even felt capable of looking at this. And even the little practices and processes of saying it's it's safe for you to open up and and get it all out there and even share. Sometimes it's just talking about money for the first time and knowing that there's someone who you can talk to about the finances with and they can just give you unbiased feedback and non-judgmental feedbacks. We also are surrounded by so many, you know, maybe other people aren't judging us, but we are allowing our judgment of them to reflect back to us, right? And so we feel all this pressure, especially around money. And a lot of my clients will come to me just so afraid to even open up about it when they're the ones paying me to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's so many layers there. What ends up happening, I usually work with my clients for three to six months at a time. And what ends up happening, whether they're traditionally employed or self-employed is just this newfound confidence around how the finances work, why they're pricing their products this way, 
knowing that it is safe for them to charge higher end, higher ticket prices for the things that they're selling or safe for them to negotiate more money in their salary, helping them really find their value and being able to identify that the amount of money they make or what they spend or how much debt they have doesn't define who they are as a person. And so when you know we have kind of our offboarding calls, it's really just the feeling of confidence and knowing that they know what to do. If anything were to happen, they'd know how to navigate that situation instead of this constant fear that of not knowing and just yeah. completely being blind to any any path forward of what their future might look like. That's invaluable. And it's so interesting. I work with a lot of wellness professionals and spiritual ladies that really are in the going with the flow kind of mindset. And mm -hmm. many of them, and maybe you come across this as well, they don't have a finger on the pulse of their metrics. It is kind of this mystery. And maybe like you said, from past experiences or fear, that keeps them from really knowing it. And so I'm wondering how you would speak to that for our listeners that are just kind of like, well, I just want to kind of go with the flow, mm -hmm. even though they want this business to be their full time primary source of income. There is this resistance of, um, you know, allowing yourself one to be profitable and also to be focused on money because there's that feeling of if I'm spiritual, if I'm a healer, if I'm a caregiver, I shouldn't be profitable or I shouldn't have money be my primary focus. Oh, there's two big things that come up here. And this is common for those who really do feel like they are in the business of service and they just want to provide and make an impact. And the two big things that come up is the idea of being profitable, pricing, and kind of feeling this guilt around all these people need my help and I am so gifted to have this, whatever the solution is, I can just provide it to them. And there's also this resistance around the numbers and like setting defined goals and even just looking at the finances because that feels so much the opposite of flow and of abundance. And I even find this a lot with mindset professionals as well. And being a money mindset, it's really kind of feels like it's putting a wedge in the work that I do because I understand this idea of having an approach with abundance. And if I'm abundantly, infinitely abundant and I can be infinitely wealthy, why should I manage my finances? But in both cases, whether you like don't want to have to have the finances define you and you want to go with the flow, or you don't want to have to think about building this profitable business because you're all about service. In both cases, as someone who is abundant, who has that good fortune of being able to go with the flow, we also have a responsibility to, if we want to continue on the one hand, if we want to continue to provide such an impactful service, we have to see this as a business. This business has costs related to it. You are someone that you need to take care of because you're probably the main person working in this business. Your business needs to pay taxes. That's definitely something we can't just go with the flow with or we're going to be paying for that in stress and money in the future. And in addition to that, your business needs to be profitable because profit opens up the ability to continue to go with the flow and to feel infinitely abundant, to be able to say yes to new opportunities or no to clients who just 
are taking advantage of your offerings or are causing you so much stress. It gives you the ability to invest in new things that you've been wanting to invest in or the ability to treat yourself because maybe you've noticed that you're burnt out or you're stressed and and this whole flow that you've built up in the business isn't always coming back to serve you. And so a business isn't just about being profitable to be profitable. There's purpose that we can build in there and your prices can be defined by those main areas of all the things that your business is responsible for. So you can be someone who is infinitely abundant, who is service oriented, but at the end of the day, if you can't make the money to pay for these main aspects of running a business, your business is no longer going to be able to be of service to the people that you want to impact. And on the other side, where we're talking about not wanting to be defined or held back or capped, a lot of goal setting is like, well, I don't want to set a cap if I'm infinitely abundant. And what I like to say about that is, you know, in addition to you hold this responsibility of even if you are infinitely abundant, giving your money a place to go and purpose behind it, but also setting goals is really part of manifesting and building abundance because your subconscious mind takes everything literally and it's going to go after whatever it is you tell it to go after, but in the most efficient way. And so if you just say more money, well, a dollar could be more money. And then it's like, all right, job's done. (laughs) So we need to give more specific direction. And that's why, you know, being able to look at your finances, establish what are my expenses? Do I need to put taxes set aside for taxes? What do I want to make as the main person that runs the business? And what would profit look like that would allow me to feel free and in flow? So I could say yes or no, or maybe so. Mm-hmm. And so once you go through and, and define what those numbers look like, you can map out goals, you can map out your pricing. And above and beyond that, what I like to tell my clients who feel like, oh, but that's restrictive, having a number set on it that feels restrictive, is to allow them to see that this is just a plan. It's not a prophecy. And nothing is permanent. You can always change it. You can always say, goal checked, let's set the next one, right? (laughs) Yeah, that just gives a lot of ease and it calms the person's kind of anxiety for that. That's brilliant. I love how you addressed both of those pieces of the puzzle. Brilliant. So I'm wondering, when is the good point in a self-employed coach's or individual's life to reach out to a wealth and mindset coach? Do they have to be earning a certain amount or is that another old paradigm that I need to be making X before I reach out for somebody to help me with Y? Yes. So that is definitely an old paradigm. And I think we do that a lot. Like I have to do this before I can do this. And really what ends up happening is if you act before you really feel like you're ready, you will rise to the occasion to make sure that that happens. Especially if you are leaning into kind of the abundance mindset of how can I make this happen instead of just immediately cutting it off and saying, I can't do that. I can't afford that. I can't I can't do that until something else happens. So when it comes to 
and someone self-employed, someone who is looking to get their finances in order, it can be literally any time. I totally understand any sort of resistance around feeling like if in order to pay someone, I need to make some money. And I'm definitely not the person that's going to tell someone to go into debt to hire a coach because I know how much debt can burden individuals. Uh, But I will say that when you really feel like you're even thinking, pricing, I'm, I'm feeling that resistance around my pricing. I feel guilty or I feel fraudulent or I feel doubtful about being able to charge for my services. Or maybe on the other hand, I, I'm stressed about taxes or I don't know the first thing to do. Where Should I set up a bank account? What do I do? In that way, sometimes it's worth just the cost and the time of that stress and that fear and that anxiety. And so getting direction can really project you forward so much faster than you would trying to piece all the little pieces together and figure it out on your own. Absolutely priceless. And I think that, you know, when you can alleviate someone's stress and at the same time, build their confidence, you're giving them like invaluable tools that not only help them in their business, but in their personal life. Like it is like the positive ripple effect, right? Because once they feel grounded, confident and secure, everything opens up. So this has been awesome, Tess. I'm so, so excited. I'd love to hear about what you have coming up on the docket for you that you want to share with the visitors. How can we get in touch with you? Yes. So thank you again for having me. I love this conversation. You can find me at wanderwealthy.com. If you're ready to set some goals for yourself and use that to inform pricing or how many clients you want to work with or how many products you want to sell, you can download my easy profit roadmap and it takes you through some really easy math. So don't worry. I know math can be like a trigger word for some people, but it's really easy. I even have a video that takes you through how to calculate your goals and you can get that at wanderwealthy.com slash roadmap. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. That's going to be so helpful for the listeners. This has been a joy. I'm, I'm just really standing behind what you do. I think it's fabulous. And I know that our listeners are going to really benefit from, from your words today, but then also this roadmap that, that you're going to offer them as well. Thank you so much. Yeah. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.